TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, welcome in. We are with you until midnight, so a lot to get into. I'll get into the Patriots and the Devontae Parker move. Some overall feelings I have about that. I'm a little bit disappointed. I'll tell you why in a little bit. But I want to start with the Red Sox. So it appears that Rafael Devers is not going to sign any sort of extension before the season gets underway on Friday. So we got the report today from Hector Gomez, who's an MLB insider based out of the Dominican Republic. Congratulations to him on getting the story because he's the first guy that had it. So his first tweet about Rafael Devers, which came out earlier this afternoon, is that the Red Sox offered Rafael Devers a contract extension, but the player rejected it because it was lower than he was willing to consider. Devers will focus now on his 2022 season, looking to further increase his market value. Okay. Then he follows up and says that the Red Sox are expected to make another extension that is closer to what Rafael Devers is looking for. Okay, so he has another one. And then he says, update, the Red Sox offer to Rafael Devers was better than the one the Guardians made to Jose Ramirez. So this is the interesting part to me about this whole situation. So the first deal, Rafael Devers looked at it and said, this is not even close to what I want. Or Raphael Devers' representation looked at it and said, this is nowhere near what Raphael Devers is worth. Then the reporting comes out that they were actually going to offer Raphael Devers a contract extension similar to what he was looking for in money. And then we find out, okay, Devers didn't, expect, Devers didn't respect that offer either. And then the reporting comes out that it was similar to the contract that Jose Ramirez received earlier in the day. Okay, so what was that contract? Five years and $124 million. So now Jose Ramirez is under contract for seven years, but the extension portion of this is five years and 124. Okay, so here's the difference, though. And I understand that you can say, well, look, the Red Sox, they made an offer similar to Jose Ramirez. Here's the reality. Rafael Devers is not comparing himself to Jose Ramirez. He essentially told Bradford that a couple of weeks ago. We'll get into that in just a second here. But you got to look at the two players and look at the difference here. When you look at Jose Ramirez, and he was, you can argue right now, he's a better player than Rafael Devers, but he's also entering his 29-year-old season. And here's the thing. The Guardians had a, I'm getting that right, the Guardians, right? I got to get used to that, man. It's, it's a very weird name. But nonetheless, getting back to my original point, the Guardians had all the leverage over Jose Ramirez. The Red Sox have none of the leverage over Rafael Devers. That's where they're at. See, look at the situation with Jose Ramirez. Ramirez was under contract this year at the age of 29 for 
or excuse me, this year at 28 for 12 mil, next year at 29 at 14 mil. So he was going to hit free agency prior to his 30-year-old season. So he looked at it from the perspective is he wanted long-term security. Devers doesn't give a rat's ass about that. Devers looks at it from the perspective, and this is partly on the Red Sox for making this error to begin with, but the Red Sox are in a situation right now where Rafael Devers is entering his 25-year-old season. He's entering his prime. I told you last week that I believe he's going to be the MVP of the American League. (laughs) The guy hit 54 doubles when he was in his 21-year-old season, or excuse me, his 22-year-old season. So Rafael Devers looks at it. You look at Jose Ramirez, he's hit his prime. He's not getting, he's a very good player. So um, this isn't me being dismissive. You could argue he's the best third baseman in baseball. But the reality is, if you look at Jose Ramirez, he's not going to get any better than he is right now. Rafael Devers, the projection is, this is going to be his best season. So when you look at Devers, you have to put yourself in his shoes right now. He's already made it this far. Rafael Devers said earlier this offseason to Bradfoe that, the Red Sox have never offered him a deal before. Now, I wasn't surprised that the Red Sox hadn't offered him a deal this offseason, like right when we came out of the lockout. Like, understand why they hadn't at that particular point in time, because you still had to go after Trevor Story, right? You still had to add to the club for this year. But the fact that the Red Sox had never approached Rafael Devers about a contract extension before, that's the issue that they had, right? I mean, you think about it, for example, the Astros locked up, Alex Bregman to a $100 million deal. They got ahead of it, right? They decided, okay, let's lock him up long-term. Let's see if we can buy out his arbitration years. That way he's under contract for an extended period of time. The Red Sox never did that with Rafael Devers. So now you're getting to the end of Rafael Devers' club control period, if you will, to the fact that this year he's making $11 million. Okay, so he just cashed in. That's a lot of money, $11 million. Next year, in all likelihood, when he goes to arbitration or whether or not the Red Sox settle with him prior to arbitration, that's going to be about $20 million. So you think about it from Raphael Devers' perspective. Unless he's absolutely blown away by the Red Sox offer, he's got to bet on himself, right? And if he thinks he's taken or if he thinks that he's in a situation where this is going to be a team-friendly deal, why would he do it? He has an opportunity to really cash in. So I feel like what has happened to the Red Sox is they were behind on this thing. They should have already made him offers when he was younger. And I keep coming back to this. I've talked to Bradfall about this before as it pertains to Mookie Betts. Now, I'm not comparing the two situations, but I'm comparing it from this aspect. Mookie Betts said that the toughest contract or the toughest contract offer, I should say, for him to pass up was the first one. So remember, the Red Sox and the reporting at the time was the Red Sox offered Mookie Betts about $100 million dollars. That was the toughest one for him to pass up because of the fact that's life-altering money. That's life-changing money. Think about it, passing up $100 million, right? And then when he got to $200 million, he realized, oh, I'm just going to keep going up and up and up. So it was easier for Mookie Betts to pass up on $200 million than it was for $100 million. So now you're looking at Rafael Devers. He's like, all right, I'm getting $11 million this year. I'm getting $20 million in all likelihood next year. So why wouldn't I go for the best possible offer? He is going to enter free agency at the age of 27. So that's where the the Red Sox got this thing wrong. This should have already been negotiated years ago. They should have been making offers to Devers. That's when you get in front of these things. Theo Epstein was unbelievable at doing stuff like this. Now, I'm not saying the Josh Beckett situation was exactly the same because Beckett was already under contract with the Red Sox. But they gave him an extension after he got off to a poor season. 
Beckett admitted that he shouldn't have signed that deal. He did it because he's like, yeah, I'm not pitching well. But Theo Epstein, the company, knew he was going to bounce back, so they offered him a deal then. They got him under a team-friendly deal. The Red Sox never made that offer to Rafael Devers, and now he's at the point where he's so damn close to free agency, he's not going to play that game anymore. You think about Rafael Devers, too. This whole idea of him being compared to Jose Ramirez, it makes no sense to him. He doesn't even factor that into the equation. Remember, Devers said about arbitration, it was obviously tough having to go back and forth. This is from Bradfoe's article about what my worth was because we have other guys, they were saying, that's what they're slotted at. But I was like, that's not me. I'm a different player. And I know the type of player that I am. That's really what it was. So he doesn't compare himself to Jose Ramirez. And then he said, during spring training, of course, if they want to have those conversations, I'm open to it. But once the season starts, I just don't, I just want to focus on the season. Now, obviously they're talking right now. I don't believe for a second that once the season begins that Rafael Devers won't negotiate anymore or that the people around Rafael Devers won't negotiate anymore. What if they come to the table and say, hey, um, we got 350 mil. Obviously, they're going to negotiate at that particular point in time. So I never buy it when players say that. He also said, we all want to make a lot more money because of the performance and what we do for the team. That's something that may be hard at first, but you know what your worth is. I know my worth. When it comes down to it, I know the type of money I should be making, so that's what I'm focused on. I'm not focused on what other guys are making or what they're doing. I'm more focused on what I'm doing on the field, what I'm worth. That's why when it comes to those type of talks where they're trying to compare different types of players, that doesn't matter to me because I know who I am and that's what I focus on. So the Red Sox, when they go to the representation for Rafael Devers today, and they're telling him what the Jose Ramirez contract is, telling his reps with that. He doesn't give a rat's ass. They don't care about that. Rafael Devers doesn't put himself in the same sentence as Jose Ramirez because his reps look at it saying he's entering his prime at 25. Jose Ramirez is at the back end of his prime. We want a big deal right now. And if you're not going to give us that mega contract that we ultimately want, we're not going to sign it because he's going to enter free agency at 27 as arguably the best power hitter in the sport at that particular point in time. And he's going to get paid accordingly. It doesn't behoove Rafael Devers and Rafael Devers' team around him. It doesn't behoove those guys to sign a deal that would be labeled as team friendly. Because what happens if Devers goes out? He signs a deal similar to Jose Ramirez, where he's under contract until, let's say, the opt-out comes at his 30-year-old season. He goes out there this year, hits, as I projected last week, 44 home runs, hits north of 40 doubles, and then he looks back and says, wait, hold on. I just signed a contract that was similar to the one that Jose Ramirez signed, where I'm making, I signed a $124 million or so. I'm making $25 million per season when I could have easily at the age of 27, get over $30 million per season. I just don't understand why Devers would even uh, contemplate signing that. If he was going to do it, it would have been when he was still under club control for four to six years or so. Not when he's two years away from entering free agency and he's just entering his prime. I'm not saying the spring training's the be-all, be end-all, but he just had an, o- an OPS over 1,000. It's six home runs. You don't think that guy's going to have a big season coming up this year? And I just feel like this, and maybe you disagree with me on it, but I believe Bogarts is a replaceable player. He is. I'm sorry. He's going to enter a free agency at the age of 30. We can go through all the defensive metrics. He is not a good defensive shortstop. I get it. He doesn't make a lot of errors and all that. But if you look at all the advanced metrics, he is not good when it comes to defense in general. Yeah, sure, he doesn't boot balls often. But if you look at it in terms of his defensive run saves, outs above average, neither one of those. Is he good in that particular category? So I get it. 
You don't see it with Bogarts like you see it with Devers. But here's the difference with Devers and Bogarts. Devers is one of the handful of best power hitters in the sport. And it's not debatable. That's how good he is in terms of just raw power. You look at some of these numbers since 19, 552 hard hit balls. That means over 95 plus miles an hour. That ranks first in baseball. 107 doubles since 2019. That's tied for first in baseball. 271 RBIs since 2019. That's second in baseball. And remember, he had a down 2020. He wasn't good in the shortened season. And these are still the numbers over the past three seasons. 427 hits, fourth. 81 home runs, 12th. 537 slugging percentage, 11th. He's barreled up 130 balls, sixth. 886 OPS, 14th. So if you're looking at Rafael Devers and you're thinking that he's going to even consider signing something that they look at as below market value for when he's 27, not right now. you got to remember this. He is not a free agent right now. He's under club control for two more years. So Devers is looking at what he's projected to be when he enters the market in 27. He's not settling for something right now. So I understand the Red Sox can put it out there through Hector Gomez that he was in a situation where he got offered something similar to Jose Ramirez. And a lot of people, what they're going to do tomorrow is they're going to spin it out. Well, Jose Ramirez is better than him. It's a fair offer. Devers doesn't think that offer is going to be. Devers thinks he's going to get a bigger deal when he gets to the open market. I'm here to tell you, I guarantee you, he will get a significantly bigger contract than the one that Jose Ramirez signed when he enters free agency at the age of 27. There is no doubt about it whatsoever. So what do you want the Red Sox to do? Do you want the Red Sox to break the bank for Rafael Devers? Do you want to get him signed? And if they don't get him signed, what are we setting ourselves up for in the near future? Are we going to be looking at this situation and seeing it similar to the Mookie Betts situation? Where he enters next offseason, entering the final year under club control, and you have to contemplate trading the player. 617-779-7937 is the number. If you want to win in the Rafael Devers situation, certainly welcome to do so. Are you like me? Would you break the bank for Rafael Devers? Plus, also on the table... The Patriots signing of Devontae Parker. How much better does this make the Pats? And does this mean that they're not going to sign or rather draft a guy early on in April? Are they not going to draft a guy early on because they got Devontae Parker? That's on the table as well. It's 617-779-7937. Brian Barrett with you here on EEI. The Greg Hill Show. Weekdays, 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now is brought to you by Budweiser. Here's to your home field. Join WEI at from 1230 to 230 p.m. Friday at Donahue's in Watertown to watch the opening day game brought to you by Budweiser. Here's to your home field. All right, trending now on WEI and WEI.com. The C's are clobbering the Bulls. It's 111 to 91 right now. Jalen Brown, 25 points in this one, 10 of 21 from the field. As for Jason Tatum, he has 16 points, 10 rebounds. And eight assists. I really thought he was going to get his second career triple-double, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen now. The Seas will hit the road to play the Bucks on Thursday night. So back-to-back road games for the Seas as they finish out the season. They've already wrapped up their home games this year. MLB insider Hector Gomez reports the Sox offered Rafael Devers a contract extension, but Devers rejected the deal. It was lower than he was willing to consider. Gomez adds that Devers will focus on the 2022 season, look at a further increase his market value. And then further reporting on this situation from Hector Gomez, who added to his report this afternoon by saying the offer was bigger or larger than the contract that was given to Jose Ramirez 
of the Cleveland Guardians. I really got to get used to that. I haven't got used to that yet. Cleveland Guardians. Okay. By the way, the Sox already had their season opener scheduled for Thursday postponed. They'll instead open up the year with a three-game set with the Yankees on Friday afternoon. Pre-game coverage starts on Friday at 12.05 with Mutt across the Shaw's and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Network. Meanwhile, the Bruins are now off until Friday when they'll hit the road to take on the Lightning. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Well, there, there's two ways to see it, right? If you're going to get paid, you produce, right? And it's a win-win situation. So, uh, you know, it's part of, uh, it's been part of baseball for a while, right? I mean, they earned the right to become free agents. And, uh, you know, they put good numbers and they're going to benefit the Red Sox. And hopefully, you know, we, we can get a lot of guys back, you know, but that's not being real, right? You know, we know how the business works but uh to be honest with you during spring obviously the media talks about ravi and xander a lot you just mentioned a few of them too you know jd and kike and uh and nate and plow and uh, christian so um you know they're everyday players too they're not role players so they understand that they have to post anyway so um you don't hear too much uh too much talk about it only the media has mentioned it i think we're in a good place and uh I don't think we're the only team that is going through this. You know, there's a lot, and and it's just the business of the of the game. And uh, you know, like I said before, uh, we had a great camp. It was excellent, to be honest with you. And uh, I think everybody's locked in of what we're trying to accomplish, and everything starts Friday. All right, that was the manager, Alex Cora, earlier today. The first of his many weekly spots with Merloni and Fourier. Remember, he joins those guys every Wednesday throughout the season at 2.30. And today, obviously, a major question. And if you do want to react to the Raphael Devers situation, if you were the Red Sox, would you be breaking the bank to make sure that Raphael Devers is signed and secured long-term? Because this team, the reality is, this could be a much different-looking Red Sox team over the next couple of years. Think about this. Kike Hernandez, after the season, is up for a contract extension. Or I should say he's a free agent. He's on a two-year deal right now that pays him $7 million this year. If Kike Hernandez has another year like he had last year, he's going to get a big contract out there. You think about Nathan Avaldi. That's the one that is really scary to me. 
because you lose Nathan Avaldi, who do you have as your number one starter entering the 2023 season? So you're in a situation right now where the Red Sox, Xander Bogarts has the opt-out. You heard him. He talked with Bradfoe last week. Bradfoe had the great scoop on his podcast where Bogart said, yeah, probably not a good chance that something's getting done prior to the season. So when you add all these things up, it's a lot of balls in the air right now for Heim Bloom and company. And I am shocked that they didn't get any of these guys extended. You didn't get your ace and Nathan of all the extended. The Bogart situation, of course, at least there is some security there. Because you have a guy like Trevor Story that can push over to shortstop if you decide to move on from Xander Bogarts. And I believe right now that's what's going to happen. Bogarts has told you he's opting out of his contract. He's going to enter the market. Although I don't think that mega deal is going to be out there for Bogarts. I'm sorry. He's sitting there. He's 33 years. He's 30 years old. Not to mention the fact that he could be in a shortstop market where you have... Trey Turner out there. We know Trey Turner is going to be a free agent unless something happens over the next couple of days and the or throughout the season, the Dodgers get him locked up long-term. And Carlos Correa has an opt-out after this year. So Correa could go out there and get another contract after this one, right? After signing that one-year deal with, well, it's essentially a three-year deal, but he has an opt-out after year one. At $35 million, he could enter the market next year. So when you're looking at those guys... In terms of Bogarts, Correa, and Trey Turner, I get that Bogarts is the more established player than Trey Turner, but you can make an argument that Trey Turner is the better guy to pay long-term than Xander Bogarts because Trey Turner is a significantly better defensive player than is Bogarts. So when you look at all these different situations that are now adding up for the Red Sox, it just feels like you would have liked to get one of these guys done. One of these contracts you would have liked to get ironed out, and it feels like the Devers situation's not going to happen. Now, and I don't blame Devers. The organization never approached him before this offseason. That's what he says. That's what he told Rob Bradford. The organization never approached him about a possible contract extension. The reality is, if they did approach him about a possible contract extension a couple of years ago, say you offered him one before last year after he's coming off a down 2020. Maybe he decides he's going to sign that thing. But right now, he told you, he doesn't compare himself to other players. So this whole idea of, and this reporting definitely gets out there from the Red Sox, if it's coming from Hector Gomez, that they offered him a deal that was bigger than the Jose Ramirez contract that he signed today, five years of buck 24. If that is getting out there, it is coming from the Red Sox, because why would Devers put that out there? Why would Devers' team put that out there, that it's better than what the Reds, better than what Jose Ramirez got in the open market? What Devers is looking for is that $300 million range. He wants to get the Bryce Harper-level contract. That's what he's looking at. So if the Red Sox aren't coming with that now, he's not going to sign it because he feels like, oh, he may be selling himself short after he has an incredible 2022 season when he's in the MVP conversation. So there's no way Devers is going to do that. If you were going to get him to do that, you should have done what the Astros did a couple of years ago with Alex Bregman. That's when you should have done it, but the Red Sox didn't approach him prior to the 2021 season about a possible contract extension. Then you could be really saying it's kind of like the Bogarts thing. Now, Bogarts prior to the or during the 2019 season, he signed it right at the beginning of the year there. Bogarts went to the Red Sox and told them, I want a contract extension. Remember, at that year, it was kind of like Oprah. You get a car, you get a car, you get a car. Dave Dombrowski, you get a contract extension. You get a contract extension. You get a contract extension. Evaldi got one. Sale got one, right? All these guys are getting contract extensions. Bogarts like, yeah, I'll take one. 
And Bogarts really blew up in 19. That was Bogarts' best season when he really emerged as one of the best hitting shortstops in all of Major League Baseball. But the reality of the situation is now, yes, it's a blow market deal for Bogarts now, but when he signed it, it wasn't. So the Red Sox were smart there. They got in front of it. Now, part of it is because Bogarts wanted to play ball with them, but they got in front of it. So they got Bogarts' best years as a player below market value in terms of what he was worth or what he would have been worth on the open market. With Devers, they didn't do that. They didn't do it, and now they find themselves in a situation where they're not going to be able to do it. Reality is Devers already knows that he looks at what he did last year. I hit 38 bombs. And I actually started swinging at pitches out of the zone a lot more in the second half of the season. Not to say that he's never going to chase, but he was much better. He's much more disciplined at the plate in the second half of the season. He swung at 38% of pitches out of the zone in the first half and 32% in the second half. That's a 6% decrease. It's a pretty large sample. It's a pretty large decrease, if you will. And he started to take his walk walks more. So when you look at it from Devers' perspective, he's looking at it saying, okay, yeah, I was really good in 2020. I was really good in 2019, down year in 2020. I was the best player on the Red Sox in the postseason last year, him and Kike Hernandez. And Devers, remember, was playing with one arm because he had an injury to that particular arm. Remember when he would miss at a pitch, his arm was absolutely killing him. So he looks at it like, I'm only going to get better. I hit 54 doubles two years ago. What do you think I'm going to do this year? So Devers is thinking to himself, well, I got 11 mil. I'm going to get probably close to 20 mil next year. What's the point of me signing something if it's not Bryce Harper level? That's what he's looking for. He's not looking for Jose Ramirez. He's looking for Bryce Harper. He's looking for something in the Nolan Arenado range or the Manny Machado range. Because you look at those two guys who are third baseman. Machado, 10 for 300. Arenado, 8 for 260. Uh, Rendon, by the way, 7 for 245. And you look at the annual average. Rendon, 35. Arenado, 32 and a half. Machado, 30. That's the number that's going to entice Rafael Devers. It's not, oh, well, it's similar to Jose Ramirez. He doesn't give a rat's ass about that. It's not the same situation. Jose Ramirez was going to be a free agent in his 30-year-old season. He's already under contract for two more years with the Guardians. If he doesn't sign a contract extension now, what happens if he gets hurt? He's in his prime right now. Devers is entering his prime. He doesn't look at the two situations as apples to apples. 617-779-7937, the number. What do you make about the situation with Rafael Devers? Would you give him a long-term deal? And as we're now just, what, we're less than two days away from opening day. It would have been tomorrow, but now, of course, it's going to be Friday. What's your biggest concern with this Red Sox team as we enter the season? Let's kick it off tonight with AJ. AJ is in Providence. AJ, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? Good, good. I just wanted to talk about the whole Xander thing. I think that whenever his his contract is up, they should dump him and put all their money into Devers and then go out and get either another second baseman or an outfielder and put either TK in center and get a second baseman like the Adam Frazier's of the world or something like get an outfielder who can still hit. Maybe not Jackie Bradley on the offensive side, but someone who can hit and feel decently, like even Hunter Renfro. Because Verdugo can play center field just as well. Well, I mean, not as well as Kike Hernandez. No, 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 no. But, like, if you can find, like, a second baseman. Because I'm over the whole Xander thing. Like, he's good. He's fantastic at the plate, don't get me wrong. But his defense, it's there's, there's guys out there who can, like, defensively play and offensively play at the same time. And I feel like Xander's just a toss-up on the defensive side. 
Yeah, it's fair enough, AJ, and I appreciate the call. I'm with you in the fact that I believe the even though Bogarts is closer to free agency, right, he can opt out of the contract after this year. To me, the most pressing matter is Rafael Devers because Devers is the guy that you can't replace that guy. You can replace Andrew Bogarts, and I understand you can look at it from a human level, the locker room, I should say the clubhouse, he's a leader and all that. But what Rafael Devers does in terms of just being a pure power hitter, that is not replaceable. Xander Bogarts is a great offensive player. Nobody would dispute that whatsoever. But what Bogarts does offensively, that is replaceable. You have that guy right now in Trevor Story. He is supposed to be the replacement long-term. So you've already sort of banked in security as it pertains to the Bogarts situation. And that's why when you look at Bogarts, the Red Sox have all the leverage. They got a guy that can play shortstop for the next five years after Bogarts leaves. They know they have Marcelo Mayer in a couple of years coming up. And they have Nick York at the minor league level that can play in terms of a middle infielder as well as second baseman. So they're fine with that. I guarantee you they would be fine with Bogarts. Sure, they'd like to keep him if it's at their price and if he's willing to move positions in the future. Because the reality is you look at Bogarts, he's at minus five defensive runs saved last year. 16th of 21 qualified shortstops. If you look at StatCast metric, outs above average, he was at negative nine. That's 35th of 36 shortstops that were tracked. Trevor's story last year, nine defensive runs saved, fourth among 21 qualified shortstops. So the reality is if Bogarts doesn't want to take, <laughs> and look, he already took one, unless he's taking a below market deal with the Red Sox, I don't see them signing him long term because they clearly don't view him. I don't imagine they view him as a shortstop long term. With Rafael Devers, like, Rafael Devers, the conversation is this. It's Otani, Trout, Guerrero, Fernando Tatis Jr., Bryce Harper. That is the conversation that he puts himself in in terms of power hitters. And I'm putting him in that category as well. I believe he's going to have that type of season. So it behooves Devers to wait. And if the Red Sox come with something that blows you away, go ahead and sign it. But right now... A deal that they're putting out there through Hector Gomez, it's similar to the deal that Jose Ramirez signed. That's not going to appeal to him. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to David. He's in Florida. What's up, David? Brian, uh, I mean, I got to tell you, I I disagree with you. I mean, as one-dimensional as both Bogarts and Devers are, uh, I mean, don't you think that Bogarts is, is slightly more of a all-around player? I don't care about that. Uh, I mean, I'm getting one of the best power hitters in the sport. I prefer that to Bogarts. Bogarts is a good offense, is a great offensive player. Devers on a different level. Yeah, he is offensively. But, uh, I mean, I, I I just don't understand how you're just totally, totally trivializing defense and base running, and I just uh, so modern day of you. And uh, I mean, I don't get it. I don't get how how people like you just totally diminish the significance of defense and trivialize it. I mean, the Bogarts is much more of an all-around player. He's mentally, he's even more of a leader than than dumbass Devers. And okay, so you just don't uh, like Devers. You just don't like Devers. That's no, I don't like him. But uh, no, I don't. But Bogarts is just more. Uh, uh, he's deficient too defensively, but he's not as deficient as as dumbass Devers. And so, do you think? And, so you think Devers is a net negative? You think his defense is so bad that it takes away from his offense? If you combine everything but his bat, yes. Because again, how many? I mean, if you're up, if you're up in the eighth inning, seven to one, and he comes. 
yeah, 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 David. You, so Devers doesn't hit important home runs. That's what you're saying. No, he does. And he does. Of course he does. Of course he does. And he's, I'm not going to ignore that. Of course he does. But, uh, I, I, I mean, look, I mean, there's no diminishing the dispute in the fact, too, that, that so many times he just puts the frosting on the cake. And and don't think last year. Remember when they opened up last year against Baltimore and they, they lost the first three games? And he had, like, 18 hours in the first three games? Yeah, I also, David, I, I also remember when he carried the lineup for a good chunk of the season, and I also remember what he did in the postseason. And I also remember what he did two years ago when he was 22 and he hit 54 yeah. doubles. Yeah, okay, well, so what? So what? That's over. So, David, you would, only, you would only pay elite defensive players. That's your point. No, I would pay. Would you play? Would you pay Bryce Harper? Like Story. Story is a very well-rounded player. Yeah, and they signed him. I, 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 why are you mad about that? Yeah, I'm not mad about it. I'm saying that that's that that's a worthy and, and that's a, a justifiable. So, oh, David, let me ask you this: You think? Hold on, David. You think that Trevor Story is worth more money than Devers? Yes. All right. I mean, we can't even have a conversation now. Because Devers hits a three-run shot when you're up by eight runs. Because you can't name, like, six power hitters better than Devers. You can't name, like, six power hitters better than Devers. Devers is one of the best power hitters in the sport. The name of the game is baseball, not power hitting. Okay. The name of the game. Yes. The name of the game, you know. That was a great thought from the 50s. The name game. Yes. So, David, would you have paid David Ortiz? What? Would you have paid David Ortiz? So you do value offense. Until they make Devers a DH. If they make Devers a DH, then fine. Then his Okay, but David, here's my David, here's the thing. If you you are basically losing David Ortiz, your modern day David Ortiz, if you lose Devers, the guy that everybody fears. Like the opponents are pitching around Devers. They're not pitching around Bogarts anymore. They're not pitching around JD anymore. They're scared of Devers. That's the guy that everybody's scared of. Yeah, and they're also hitting to him too because because they know they're going to get in an automatic single. Yeah, you're right. Teams are automatic. Teams are targeting him on defense. They're trying to hit it. David, I appreciate the call, but I know you're you dislike Devers. Let's get to Mark. He's in Connecticut. What's up, Mark? Hey, Mr. Barrett. How you doing tonight, bud? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Um, I don't know your take on the whole uh, Patriots situation, but I am actually disappointed in this uh, trade. I mean. I understand the, you know, swapping picks and you're getting a guy that is a good talent, but he's hurt all the time. And I just feel like now I can't go after Jameson Williams, you know, a top caliber wide receiver that I need for Mac Jones to excel for the next five years. I feel like Bill's just not going to go do that now. Yeah. And that's the thing that concerns me, Mark. Now, look, if we get to the draft, which is like this month now, and they draft somebody in the first round, I'll say I was wrong about it. But I do feel like now they're going to focus on defense in the first round. Maybe they take N'Kobe Dean out of Georgia, whatever it is. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with N'Kobe Dean. But as long as you pick John Mitch, if John Mitchie's there in in your second round, you know, know, I still think that John Mitchie will still be elite, but not as elite as Jamison Williams. Right. And, Mark, like the thing that I'm trying to convince myself of is this. Okay, well, if they are – 
Picking up Devontae Parker in this trade, well, how about the fact that Jamison Williams we know is not going to be ready until maybe a couple months into the season, maybe a month. Who knows? These guys recovering right. from ACLs really quickly now. Like, what I'm trying yeah. to convince myself, Mark, of is, oh, this means it makes even more sense to take it because now you got more depth in the receiving core and you don't have to rush Jamison Williams. That's what I want to Correct. convince myself of, but I'm fearful yep. that Bill's not going to do it. And, Mark, I'm going to get into it in greater detail. I just don't feel like Devontae Parker is a great fit for this offense. I agree with that a hundred percent. You know, I really do. I think that uh, you know, if you got Jamison Williams, he, he's just a he's an elite talent that can just he, he can line up in different you know different parts of the formation. He's just he will take the top off of defenses. You know, once yeah. he's healthy, of course. You know? Hey, Mark, good stuff, man. I mean, they're comparing him to uh, like a Tyree Kill 2.0. He's that explosive. I mean, I I watch him a couple times last year, of course, Mark, because Alabama's on all the time, and that dude is uncoverable. Yeah. And all the like, here's the thing, Mark. Like the one thing that Bill hasn't taken advantage of with Alabama, he's picked so many Alabama guys and saving guys through the right. years. He, he doesn't go after the receivers. That's the best thing that comes out it of Alabama no now. Sense. The receivers. It makes no sense. Shouldn't Nick Saban be telling him, Bill, you, you really you really want this kid? Like whatever you got to do. <laughs> You want this kid. Hey, uh, Bill, I know you like my players a lot. Uh, why don't you take one of my receivers? You know, they're all good at the NFL. I mean, I don't get it, Mark. Hey, appreciate the call, my friend. Great stuff. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. I'm with Mark. Like, I, I don't – and I'll get into this next. And if you do want to win on the Red Sox, we're just a couple of days away from opening day. You certainly can. If you're the Sox, would you sign Devers? 617 779 7937 is the number. I quite frankly, I've alluded to this, or I've not alluded to it. I've said it definitively. I would not be lowballing him. I would not be hardballing him. I do not want to lose Raphael Devers, and I don't want to ruin that relationship with the player. I really don't want to do it. I feel like he's too good. I feel like because he's had these issues defensively, he has become underrated as a player. He's one of the best power hitters in the sport. But I do want to get to the Devontae Parker situation next. There's one thing that Sticks out to me about Devontae Parker and has me worried about the fit. I'll tell you what that is next here in EI. All right, we are with you until midnight. So if you want to react to the Celtics, by the way, because they just clobbered the Bulls, that's on the table as well, 117-94. to The C's now in that two seed. They're a half game in front of Milwaukee. They'll play them tomorrow. Here's the thing. You'd much rather be in the three spot in the first round because then you'd play the Chicago team who the Celtics absolutely smoke. Chicago sucks. And especially without Lonzo Ball. I'm not comparing him to some elite player, but he's like their only good defensive player. Him and Caruso. Caruso didn't play tonight either, but the Celtics would sweep that team. I don't know how the Bulls would win a game against the Celtics. But the problem is, freaking the Knicks, they they were outscored 38-16 to against the Nets. Thanks for nothing, Knicks. So the Nets right now are sitting in the eighth spot. And I, look, I'm not scared of the Nets. I believe the Celtics beat them in a series. But I'd much rather play Chicago in the first round than play the Nets. Right now, the Nets are in the eighth spot. They'd play Cleveland in the first play-in game. So I'd much rather not deal with Kevin Durant if I don't need to and have Milwaukee deal with Kevin Durant in the first round. Let those two teams kind of beat each other up and then get Milwaukee or the Nets. It will be Milwaukee in the second round. I'd much rather that be the case than have to deal with the Nets Deal with arguably the best player in the sport and Kevin Durant in the first round. I'd much rather deal with that Bulls team. If you watch that game tonight, geez, Chicago sucks. They don't, that team is an embarrassment. They don't even run back on makes. I'm not talking about on misses. I'm not talking about getting beat in transition. They don't get back on defense on makes. Oh my God, I would love to play that team in the first round. Let Robert Williams rest up for the second round, get him ready to go. That's exactly what I want. 
I don't want to deal with Kevin Durant in the first round. And that's not me being soft. I just feel like when you look at it in terms of where the Celtics are at, it behooves you to have the easiest matchup of the first round, get Robert Williams all the rest he can possibly need, and then get ready for a second-round matchup against Giannis Antetokounmpo if that's the matchup when you actually have Robert Williams. All right, let's get to Pauly. He's on the couch. Oh, Pauly, i got to ask you something before you get to your point. Did you hear the guy that called me last week that talked about he skipped his father's funeral to host a Patriots party? Yes, I did. What a nut job, I cannot huh? imagine that. Oh, I know. Crap. Uh, yeah, I was listening. Yeah, yeah. You replayed it at the end of the show. <laughs> we had to. I mean, yeah, it was I, too I, good. What was he doing? I got kind of like he was host- track. I heard you say, oh, my God, he did that. I'm like, what, what, what happened? What, what did this guy do? And then you replayed it at the end of the show. I'm like, oh, my God. This guy's you got know, issues, Paul. It's a Super Bowl. <laughs> I've been to nine out of the 11 Super Bowls the Patri- Patriots have been in. I only missed uh, the... Uh, the Giants game in Indy and uh, one the Seattle miss. game in Arizona. I've been to every other game, including the first game against Chicago. Yeah, I've been there, you know, in the in the arena, and I couldn't imagine. No, you that know, guy, was, fighting, he skipped his father's funeral. my father's life right now I to know. get him out of the damn nursing home and get him home. Oh, my God, I had yeah. to defeat one of my couple of my sisters in court, and now I'm, i am got to get past the state, and we're just about there. It's been like a, a maze, a, a nightmare running, you know, it's, oh, my God. Oh, wow. Well, hey, Paul, best, doing that to my dad. Yeah, best of luck anyway, to you with that, uh, but what was your Pat's point tonight? Well, first I got to tell you, Brian, I can't tell you how many times I said, yes, yep. Yep, you're right. Yeah, that sounds good. When you that yeah, that's exactly what I I, I think should happen. Amen, Brian. When you were just making your point on the Celtics, yeah, the three seed. I agree with you 110 percent on that, Brian. Absolutely. You know, get, I'd rather play Chicago. And let, the best point you made was let uh, the Bucks and the Nets beat each other up. You know, and let them wear each other out, and you know, may the may the worst man win. And as Dan, and, and as Dan <laughs> Shaughnessy would say, so therefore, to your point, as Dan Shaughnessy would say, he said in the paper the other day, let the tanking begin. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, so, I, I mean, it's but, weird, um, right? Because you, you play Milwaukee tomorrow. Like, what do you do? I don't think this team has it in them to just – the only way they would do it is if they sat guys. You know what I mean? They they don't have it in them to go yeah. out there and lay down. I mean, you can't do that. Yeah, play, yeah just play – well, yeah, I'll play and, uh, you know – you know, just uh, don't kill yourselves out there. Uh, let the tanking begin. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see them be able to play Chicago, maneuver themselves into, into, into a position to play them and get past them. The thing is to get Williams, you know, back. That's a big thing. You know, and I think that emboldens yeah. them right now as they as they stand. That's why they, you know, they had a couple. They had a, a dry spell the first couple of games. Now they've they've uh, they brought it together in there, and because they're they're hopeful for. The future, which you know, the short, the near future, which is when Williams comes back. So they're all trying to hold to hold it together, and uh, they're doing just that right now. All right, hey, Polly, before we let you go, what was your Patriots team. point? Okay, I mean, I think I think maybe they get so many holes to fill, Brian. You may be uh, correct on the defense. Would this be a very important year for Max Jones' sophomore season to uh, um, to continue to progress in his development? Uh, you definitely don't want to leave that uh, leave him with a leaky offensive line, and if you don't come up with that that a franchise left tackle with that first pick, I'm afraid you you know you he's looking at a turnstile environment again. 
Um, you, you would Trent Brown not be possibly not being, um, you know, be able to be counted, be being reliable the way he's gone in and out of the lineup. You'll have to kick a win. You back. You'd be really, really fit in that position. I'm hope they kick a, a win and a win you in the left and right guy respectively, and and and, and draft that left tackle. That the franchise left tackle, and if Brown does get hurt, you can kick one you back outside to right tackle, which you can play that right side very well, and bring in, and stick one of those guys that you've been developing, you know, yeah. into that that void, or even bring Ferrance up. But you better protect Matt Mac uh, Jones, and you got to get him that slotty with with a second round pick. I kick Aguilar inside because he's fast, and he'll be going up against. They say he's tough. Um, against the, he, he has a little bit of problems against press coverage, but that's on the outside. If you if you put, bring him into the slot, he's going to have more room to maneuver, and you could also put him in motion out of the slot to free him up that way if you need to as well. And he's going to be playing against less talented corners. We're not going to be able to bump and run against him as, as readily as your outside uh, corners who are the best corners on your team. So it works a bunch of ways. That I'll then yeah. that way you'll have the twin terrors that I've been talking about inside. You kick Aggie inside, and you bring you bring the be, like the best slaughter you can find in the second round, and you get that left franchise left tackle. Now we're talking, and Mac, Mac will be able to read the field. He's well schooled in the offense. He's a highly yeah, Paul. Look, hey Paul, I got well, I appreciate the call. I just I don't see them getting a left tackle at the range you're speaking of in the draft i feel like there's going to be three of them that go relatively early they're probably going to go in the top 15 including the kid from alabama evan neal i don't see that left tackle being there i still feel like a more pressing need is to get a legitimate number one option in terms of receiver Devonte parker's not that he's a good player he's not a great player he's not durable and the other thing i'd say is this is paulie talks about the offensive line i agree you got to have a good offensive line for a quarterback especially like mac that's not mobile whatsoever But secondarily to that is, I still cannot get over the Shaq Mason thing. What the hell was the point of that? I I don't understand it. Why did they trade Shaq Mason for a fifth-round pick? It makes no sense to me whatsoever. He's under contract on a good deal. What the hell was the point of that? All right, 617-779-7937 is the number. If you want to get into the Celtics, certainly welcome to do so. I'll get into that in greater detail in just a little bit here. How do you want them to play this out? How do you want them to shake it out as we get ready, or shake it up, rather, as we get ready for the postseason? Do you have any concerns with them outside of injuries as we get ready for the postseason? I will tell you the one thing that concerns me about the Devontae Parker signing, and if you want to weigh in on the Red Sox, Rafael Devers, are you upset that he's not under contract yet? We'll get into all that in just a little bit here on EI. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.